Hi, this is Jeff Tate, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Hello again, prog and metal lovers. I am Rodrigo Altaf with another interview for Sonic Perspectives. This is a very special day for me because my guest today is an amazing singer and someone I have admired since I was 14 years old. Please welcome Mr. Jeff Tate. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Hey Jeff, thank you so much for setting up time for this interview and we are here to talk about the new album you're part of called Sweet Oblivion. Tell us how this collaboration started. Uh, well, it was kind of an interesting project for me actually. Uh quite different than I've ever done before. Mm. Um, I was interest, I was introduced to uh, Simone Mulrani, who's an exceptional guitar player, by a gentleman at my record company. And uh, he thought that uh, perhaps Simone and I would find some kind of musical context in order to develop uh, some music or songs or an album, perhaps. And so he put us in touch, and uh, we started emailing back and forth and texting back and forth. and. Mm. Uh, sharing musical ideas until we had an album and uh, funny enough the whole album was uh, written and recorded in uh, the virtual internet world without us have, having ever uh, formally met each other we had yet to have a, a phone conversation or right. met personally so we've we've only communicated back and forth you know via email or, or uh, text so. mm. It was really an interesting way to make a record that I, I've never done before. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was aware of Simone, of course, uh, from DGM, which is fantastic. But how did the other two members get involved? Uh, I think that they were uh, people that uh, Simone knew and uh, was interested in working with. Okay, okay. And there are talks already of it being uh, the album of the year or one of the favorite albums of the year. And that's in, an, in a year where there's surprising albums and uh, many other releases. Have you heard similar reactions, and are you bothered with reviews or comments like that or not? Well, no, I haven't heard that. Mm. That's encouraging and interesting to know. Yeah, I've only seen positive reviews, and in, in my case, at least, I love the album. I, I can't get it off my playlist. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the first single and also the first song of the album, True Colors, which uh, has this great video that expands on the theme of betrayal a little bit. Are the lyrics to this song based on your personal experience or, or not really? Uh, well, yeah, everything is kind of based on personal experience, really. Mm -hmm. um, I, I typically don't like to comment too much on the lyrical content. Uh, I like people to sort of discover the album, you know, for themselves, because I think people kind of, um, they personalize mm -hmm. you know, lyrics and music, and uh, it becomes about them, which, which I'm fine with. I like that concept. And... Uh, so yeah, uh, I think people will make um, it what they want to make it, you know. Right, fair enough. But uh, there's also an amazing acoustic version of Disconnect on the Japanese version of the album. I honestly can't decide which one I like best, the acoustic or, or the one on the standard CD. Did you record more acoustic versions of the songs on this album or not really? Um, I think so. Mm -hmm. um, I, honestly, I honestly can't remember. Okay. 
And I think the track that most resembles your previous work is the title track, Sweet Oblivion. Uh, the bass line, I think, is similar to what Communist Rights did, and the chorus kind of reminds me of I Don't Believe in Love. Would you say this is a result of uh, Simone's love for your work in the 80s or not? Uh, well, I think that's where we started. Mm -hmm. you know, that was the, uh, the, the premise was that, uh, you know, he was a guitar player that was very influenced by my music. Mm -hmm. And so if we got together, maybe we could find some common ground. And that, that actually was really sound logic because that was attracted to me, uh, to the project in the first place, was that it sounded like what I'd done before. Right. Uh, there are also some upbeat moments on the album, like Arisas from My Fate and The Deceiver, so it's a kind of a very varied album, which keeps it fresh and contemporary, would you say? Or Well, I'm not sure if that's mm. what constitutes fresh and contemporary, <laughs> a varied album, but uh, it's important to me yeah. to have a varied album. I think if you're uh, going to have a group of songs that are put together that are you know, uh, unrelated mm -hmm. as uh, opposed to a concept record. I think it needs to be buried. Mm -hmm. It helps. Yeah. And in parallel with that, you're kind of closing a chapter now with the last dates of the tour celebrating the 30th anniversary of Operation Mindcrime coming in a few days. How does it feel to close that door once and for all? Well, I wouldn't say it's once and for all. Mm. Um, it's, uh, it's really been an amazing experience actually being uh, touring this album mm -hmm. again. I didn't think it was going to be as extensive a, of a tour as it has become. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's been 24 countries in a year and a half, you know, of, uh, pretty consistent touring. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's some dates I'm doing in uh, September, October on the West Coast of America that will be the, the last of the shows. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it feels, it feels wonderful actually to, uh, have this album, uh, still be appreciated by so many people. And, Mm -hmm. uh, to know that so many people are interested in hearing it perform live, you know, All right. wonderful feeling. Yeah, and you also mentioned that next year you play Empire in full, which also celebrate 30 years next year, and a box set will also be released to celebrate the anniversary. Uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the time Queens Rights put out Empire? What what kind of memories do you have of that time? Well, the Empire tour was a massively extensive tour. In fact, it was the longest tour that the band had ever um, undertaken mm -hmm. and it uh, it went to a lot of places and it was kind of a a really busy time mm -hmm. you know with uh, so many so many tour dates uh, so many appearances we did all kinds of uh, different award shows and things like that which we'd never done before it was a uh, kind of putting the band in a completely different scenario than, than we'd ever been involved with before. So it was kind of a, a period of time of being introduced to new concepts and new ways of doing things and uh, sort of a, a period of time where we were kind of evaluating our own existence and our own importance and uh, and that kind of thing, which I think is a healthy thing to do, you know, right. kind of a little intro introspection. Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a it was a good time. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I have a great memory of that time because I saw you at the Rock in Rio in 1991 uh, on this amazing bill. It was uh, you guys were Easy Empire, Megadeth touring, Rusting Peace, Judas Priest with Painkiller, and Guns N' Roses also with Usual Illusion on the same night. Do you remember that show in particular in, in Rio? 
Oh yeah, very much so. I think it was an amazing show, biggest show I've ever performed at. Really, actually, there was two hundred two hundred and twenty five thousand people there. Yeah. Well, I was one of them. So thank you for that, man. It's good memories of the early 90s, for sure. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about the uh, the reissue that you're planning? Uh, I think there's going to be a bonus disc, right? Is there anything you can disclose at this time of, of what's going to be in the bonus disc material? Or I, I sure wish I could tell you uh -huh. uh, everything about it, but they said mm. you don't want to mention anything until the time gets closer and they're going to do a full right. you know, press release and, and the whole thing about it at that point. Fair enough. Do you think you'll go out celebrating other Queensryche albums uh, later on? Uh, some of them have aged quite well, I think, like Here in the Now Frontier, Promised Land, maybe? Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perhaps. Mm. I wouldn't. I really love the Promised Land album. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, possibly. Mm -hmm. Possibly. Right. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. Especially is important to me because uh, it's an album that uh, I never got to play. Mm -hmm. It'll be a first time for me to, to be able to perform the record in its entirety and uh, kind of a dream come true for me, actually. All right, I see, I see. Uh, let's talk about yet another great album released this year that has your name on, Avantageous Moonglow. Uh, you sang on Toothracks, Invincible and Alchemy. What is it like to record with them and how much freedom do you have to create uh, in an environment like that? Oh, it was a wonderful experience. Um, it was my second time working with Avantasia. Mm -hmm. The first time I recorded on the Ghost Lights album, a song called Seduction of Decay. And uh, this album, uh, Moonglow, uh, performed on two songs, as you mentioned, and uh, we recorded uh, vocals in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Right. And it was a uh, wonderful, wonderful experience. The Sasha uh, is an amazing producer, mm -hmm. very easy to work with. And uh, working with, with Tobias again was uh, very enlightening. He's a very charismatic young man. I really admire him. Um, such a powerhouse singer, too. I just completed uh, the Avantasia World Tour with him uh, this, this last month. Yeah. You know, it's a three and a half hour show every night. It's, oh, wow. It's a long one. Yeah. And, you know, he is singing so much of it. Um, and he doesn't hold back, you know, he just pushes hard every night. Mm. It's so inspiring to see a, a young singer like that because so many young singers, they just, they don't have stamina, you know, and strength. They just kind of you know, peter out, you know. Right. And right. To be as a, a powerhouse, he uh -huh. goes for it every night. I have so much admiration for him. Right. And also, you know, the band itself is an incredibly talented band. It's mm -hmm. so tight. Um, every night, just laying it down so consistent and the uh, the singers that we have there's seven uh, vocalists mm. on the uh, tour and they're all exceptional singers so different from each other but all so special you know right and it's a it's kind of a family uh, very supportive environment where uh, everyone is uh, working together to support each other and push the show along and make it it's uh the best show they can make it. Right. Uh, it's so refreshing. So refreshing to be mm -hmm. in that kind of environment. So, will you be on the on the dates in the second half of this year as well with Avantasia or not? Yeah, I'm uh, starting uh, July 10th, I think, uh, in Europe for the uh, festivals that they're doing. 
Right, cool, cool. And I'll take a quick sidetrack if I can. Uh, one thing I can't not ask you about is the Trinity Tour of a few years ago with you, Tim Ripper Owens, and Blaze Bailey. Do you think that could have turned into a more steady collaboration between the three of you? Maybe a studio album eventually, or not really? Uh, well, it never was really talked about mm -hmm. or, uh, or planned that way. Okay. It was sort of a, sort of a one-off kind of thing. Mm-hmm that uh, we tried doing. But uh, honestly, it was just very, very difficult to uh, get everybody's schedule aligned. I see. Know, and make it, make it work. Mm -hmm. um, which is too bad because, yeah, it was it was fun while it lasted, definitely. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, going back to your band, Operation Mindcrime, uh, you released a trilogy a couple of years ago. It was completed in 2017, I believe. And I saw in an interview that you have a lot of material written. Uh, is it in the same vein of that trilogy? And what's the plan for a follow-up uh, studio album? Well, I have a lot of material written, and um, I have a lot of uh, material left to complete mm -hmm. as well. And this summer, while I'm in Europe, I plan on uh, working a lot on it, and hopefully come to some conclusions on some of the unfinished material. I see. Uh, I haven't decided on how I'm going to release it yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of, uh, well, I'm kind of leaning towards finding out more information about different ways of releasing material nowadays because there's so many different options mm -hmm. rather than the, the old, the old school way of creating an album and then putting it out on a record company, that kind of thing. I'm sort of looking at other, other alternative ways. Right, you mean one song at a time, or? Yeah, I don't know. There's all kinds of new ideas on how to do that. Mm -hmm. That are, that are, I'm kind of in exploratory mode right now. Okay. Well, obviously there's a lot on your plate with Avantasia, your solo shows, or Operation Mind Crime shows, and Sweet Oblivion. Uh, what kind of actions will you put in place so that you don't compete against yourself with uh, so many releases altogether? Well, I don't really think of it as competing, mm. you know, honestly. I'm actually not interested in competition at all mm -hmm. when it comes to music. I don't think of it in those terms. You know, it's not a sporting event for me. Yeah, I mean, marketing-wise, I'm, I'm competing for attention with the fans, you know? That's that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. that's something I don't ever get into. So. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> right. I understand, yeah. And coming back to Sweet Oblivion, do you think there will be eventually a tour to play this material, or will you play this material with your solo band, or what's the plan? I don't have a plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never uh, went into it with a, a plan involved, really. It was more of a, you know, kind of an inspirational moment. Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps, you know, a tour would be in order uh, once we had another album. I see. Place. Mm -hmm. Maybe some time go by, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm just honestly, I'm, I'm booked to the end of 2020 right now, so I can't oh, wow. really mm -hmm. make any solid plans. I see. Uh -huh. yeah. This is a good place to be. I'm very, very happy and uh, feel very grateful for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I hope a tour materializes, man, because I love the album. So um, I'll keep an eye out for that for sure. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm actually quite. I'm actually quite surprised by the. Uh, Reaction? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. the reaction to it. Mm -hmm. you know, 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased, but uh, rather surprised, actually. Right, right. Well, Jeff, this has been a pleasure, man. Uh, all the best with the new album and uh, the, your new endeavors in the future, and I hope to see you live sometime soon, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for the interview. Appreciate Thank you so much, man. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jeff Tate. I encourage you to follow on the usual social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And also, you can find all things rock, metal, prog, and any other genre on our page, www.sonicperspective.com. We're going to leave now with a song from Jeff Tate's new project, Sweet Oblivion, entitled Disconnect. Take care and rock on. I wake up and remember How silent is a rain And then you'll finally realize That I was falling No real surrender with no 